Revolution from Your Bed, episode three. Welcome aboard and thank you for joining us again. And thank you for Pine Lab Studios in Belgrade for the lovely music of the intro and outro providing to us. Thank you so much, guys. I want to talk about something that is quite hard for me personally. And actually, it's hard to everybody I'm talking to about. I want to talk about being honest about our relationships. I had a video during Corona that I talked about how can we deal with this isolation and quarantine as couples. And I got a lot of comments uh, by people that told me stories about reunited with loved ones and having a beautiful start of a relationship. But mainly I got comments about breakups and divorces and people growing apart during this tough time. And, And I'm asking myself, Basically, we had to change our routines and be stuck together for a few weeks or a few months at most at home. And our entire foundations of our relationship is just breaking apart. What's going on there? And again, I'm not a relationship expert, but I'm kind of life expert being in bed almost a decade of my life and looking at others from my bed and looking at life from my angle I want to talk about being honest about our relationship and in relationships. And I'm going to talk about a lot in this podcast. I'm going to talk a lot about communications and miscommunications. And it's not a secret that I'm fighting hard against uh, or to fix healthcare systems because I believe that miscommunication between doctors and patients is one of the worst situations happening in healthcare right now that leads to malpractice and medical errors and even loss of life, loss of year of work and depression and suicide among patients. And I'm doing a lot of work with doctors and medical students and not nurses and patients and, and uh, CEOs of companies or teams in companies. But every time I make some sort of a workshop or a public speaking event, somebody come to me and tell me, you know, I know I'm not sick and I feel bad talking about it, but My major problem is miscommunicating actually with my spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend or partner. And I wanted to discuss with you guys today the matter that really is important in order to survive not only the corona crisis, but to survive a life in terms of living a genuinely honest life with ourselves. I certainly believe that most people that are listening to me right now, no matter what did you do in your life and how experienced you are, even how old you are, even if you had a few relationships, marriage, divorce, or even if you are in a happy relationship, I want you to ask yourself, are you being really honest with yourself and honest with your partner? I think that most of us don't really develop those solid foundations of dealing with each other's triggers in the beginning of relationships. And most of us will resort to fighting or arguments. I think that most of us will look at the honeymoon phase of a relationship. There are a lot of studies about it. It can be up to two years, this falling in love. But basically, we're talking about the first six to eight months that everything is okay. You barely leave the bed and everything is lovey-dovey. And the other person in your life is just the most amazing human that ever stepped on the face of earth. 
And now stop thinking for a second and think immediately about your ex or your divorcee or somebody who really broke your heart. Do you remember that in the first few months you thought it's the most wonderful person on earth? What happened? I'm not talking about, you know, betrayal and other types of behaviors that are unfortunate. I'm talking about even couples that are breaking up with on good terms. How can you look back and see the person in the same light? Like, it's really rare for me to hear about people who say, You know, I really love the person I was with and, and we decided to break up because we grew apart. Usually there's a lot of anger there. And I think that most of us are not being honest with ourselves. I can tell you about really countless of encounters I have with people who are just completely successful and strong and assertive in their life. They're on top of their game, CEOs of companies leaders, politicians, really, I met people who, who manage 100 people, who manage 500 people, people who are brain surgeons and people who are army commanders and people who are really can be on lists of Forbes under 30 or under 40, or it doesn't matter, really, the top of the top. And from these groups, I still hear the same fear, the same feeling of incompetence, feeling of insecureness, feeling that you are not heard, feeling that you are losing control, control over your situation, over your life. You just need to wait that something will be better. And it sounded familiar to me because this is exactly what I'm hearing from patients telling me about their doctors. So I wanted to talk about relationships today. Because I think any relationship is supposed to have the same foundation. Of course, that I'm not expecting you to buy roses to your doctors. Maybe he or she deserves that. But I'm talking about relationships that are built on a foundation of, everybody say, trust, communication. And we all heard about it in many, many books and podcasts and shows. And everybody knows this. But why those amazing leaders that I meet all the time... Tell me all over again, over and over again, that they are in a relationship that they feel they're not being heard. And I've analyzed it myself, and I've been to a few, I will call it unsuccessful relationship myself. And when you analyze yourself in the situation and trying to be reflective about what do you bring into this relationship and are you even there? I think that the answer of most of you will be probably that you don't really know. I think, and from my own experience, that it's very easy to be silent in a relationship because in the first signs of a bigger or a fight or argument, we tend to become defensive. We tend to become sometimes aggressive and deflective. And most of us will react with what I call automatic reactions. We're being triggered and it's like this anti-airplane defense system that if the plane comes too close, the missile will be shot at it. We are just firing missiles, but these missiles are words. And words can really hurt, and we all know that, because I think that 
you won't remember falling down as a kid and maybe hurting your knee, but you will remember a teacher telling you something really, really bad or humiliating, or you remember a loved one breaking your heart. Because when we are opening up to authority, like with a doctor or a teacher, or to, to romance for a loved one, we are tending to lower our defenses. But what I'm hearing from a lot of people is that, yes, I've been triggered. My boyfriend or girlfriend or wife or husband or partner are acting in a way that reminds me of something that I don't like. Maybe it reminds me of my ex. Maybe it reminds me of my mother or father. Maybe it reminds me of my boss. Maybe it reminds me of my teacher. It doesn't matter. Brother, sister, friend. We are triggered. Usually it's related to an ex or to our parents because this is the way we brought up. And we basically have modeling in life. We have role models in life. And a lot of studies are talking about how we'll be acting as a partner in a relationship based on what we saw at home. And if you had bad modeling, for instance, absent parent or a parent that was pleasing the other parent, or if you have an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend that basically was passively abusing you or exhibiting narcissistic behaviors, so you'll come to a new relationship and you'll probably be over-defensive about it. And I heard a few stories about people telling me, I think I met the one. I think I met maybe the love of my life. But after a few months, everything went to shit. Sorry. Because I've encountered the first sign of bigger and the first sign of fight and I've reacted as if this person was my ex and then I look at it from the outside because I'm very good at it you know lying in bed all those years looking at life passing by me and I'm saying but did you stop for a second and thought about am I reacting automatically or authentically And most people will tell me that they are reacting automatically, which amazed me every time. Because I had the amazing chance of being in a relationship a while back that I've decided after a few months that I saw that I'm dealing with a person who experienced a lot of hardships and struggles, that I'm going to meta this relationship. I'm going to be over-reflective and try to understand why do I want to be with this person and what do I take from the behavior of the other person. And I realized that a lot of us are staying in a place we don't want to be. We don't feel nice because we are feeling silenced. We are triggered. We act automatically. And then we reach the point that we think this person is awesome but we cannot deal with this person. And then fighting intensified and intensified, and eventually we get to a point that the relationship may be over because we are not really dealing with ourselves. Again, with ourselves, not with the other person. The other person is not responsible for your reaction. He may or she may try to provoke you into those reactions, But you are responsible to take a breath and think, am I answering my dad right now, my mom, my ex? Or am I answering a person I love dearly? Am I actually communicating with it? Am I actually building this relationship on foundations of love and trust? 
You know what I'm doing in situations like this? I'm actually stopping for a second, closing my eyes and thinking, what did I lose in my life? What do other people have? What do I have in life? And how amazing and lucky am I to be in a situation like this, that I can actually be in a relationship and think, okay, I can be triggered, I'm a human being, but am I going to react in the same intensity? Am I going to react out of an automatic response that, by the way, every couple therapist will tell you, it's a dead end. Once you start this back and forth of, I told you, you told me, but you do this, but you leave your socks on the floor, it's, it's never going to be over. And if you're lucky enough or unlucky enough to be with a person who is a bit overhurt, then cheap shots begin. And one of the parties is really offended and then storms out of the room and then we have this cycle. And it's funny because a lot of people ask me, tell me, you never fight with your partner? And I'm like, hmm, that's a good question. And I say, no, we actually take a breath we talk about it, we reflect what we're feeling. Yeah, I know it sounds like utopia, but that's true. We reflect what we're feeling at the moment. What do we bring with us? Am I angry right now because I'm stressed and I have to run for work or I have an important thing in a few hours? Somebody annoyed me? Am I bringing something that is not connected or not related to our sacred conversation right now in? Am I answering authentically or automatically? It's super important. And then you can sit and talk about it. Sometimes people need time. They need to cool it off a few minutes, something, sometimes a few hours. But I really think that we are not trained to argue at all. Maybe in some places around the world, especially in the States, you are trained in school, if you're in the right club or so, to debate But in a relationship, we're not supposed to win over a debate. We're supposed to have an adult conversation. And many people tell me when I'm giving my talks that they feel that the other side is not understanding them. And I'm drawing, again, the same parallel lines between patients, doctors, and lovers because I think that we end up with the same feeling of helplessness. You feel unheard. It's very similar to dating an absent partner that you have a few minutes to state your case and the other person is not showing a lot of interest. His head is somewhere else. He brought something else or she brought something else to the room. It can be a doctor that fought with his wife and then he applies bias towards you. And then you feel like shit and you feel that you're not heard. And I, I gave it a lot of thought this week that... I really hear the same things all over again from patients and from lovers. And I think that the solution here is to deal with the miscommunication in simplifying things. And it may sound silly to you, and I'm going to have an entire episode about it in the Patient School podcast. This is the new podcast I'm launching for my new project, The Patient School, which is a platform to basically teach us patients and teach our caretakers and medical professionals what do we need and how to navigate our health journey. And I'm going to devote an entire episode just talking about how do you prepare for a tough conversation with your doctors. But I think the same lines can be drawn here because we need to prepare for a serious conversation with our 
boyfriend or girlfriend or partner or husband or spouse. And I think that this is one of the mistakes we're making. We are having a life and death conversation in terms of the relationships. We are having them on the go. Somebody washed the dishes, the other person sees something that annoys him. Oh, again, you left your shirt on the couch. You always do like this. And you know what? I don't like this friend of yours. She's too pretty. Why are you talking to her? And we're not ready. We're being attacked. So most of us will react automatically and not authentically. And I think that we should prepare for a conversation like this. And I think, and I'm trying to apply it in my own relationship, that if something is coming up and triggering me, I'm waiting for the right moment sometimes and say, okay, if my partner is super busy and she's about to leave, and why would I just start a deep conversation like this? I can just say, hey, baby, I want to talk to you about something at dinner, and we will sit and talk about it. And I think, I think that every person, every person should do the same. You basically are talking to somebody that is so dear to you, you chose to be with, you chose to marry, you chose to live with. And I'm just giving examples from my own life. They're not related to reality, okay? I'm just giving an example about how do I act in situations like this. But reading a lot about it and researching a, a bit about the psychology of things, I'm thinking that basically making the right space and giving the right timing and make it, Holy, this space of talking is super important. There is a beautiful technique I'm le I learned from a friend of mine. He's a coach back in Israel. And every time couples have problems and one of them come to him and, you know, blabbering about, oh, my partner did this and this again, he basically sent them to kind of a neutral location to have an important conversation, like a coffee shop, a park, or, or so on, because... It's like playing soccer or another sport in the other team's field or in your home field. We are relating a lot of stuff in our living quarters. Like we are triggered by stuff that are happening around us. It's easy to pick on stuff because we are in the place that we are living and loving. And sometimes if, if the matter is really serious, I think his technique is super great to go out and sit in a place that you will be kind of even embarrassed to to act out so you wouldn't shout at your boyfriend or girlfriend in a restaurant but you do at home why just because other people are around like why would you actually raise your voice at your loved one in general like this of course we need to learn how to deal with anger this is an entire episode by itself but why would you even raise your voice you can breathe in a second and see hmm I'm about to act violently. And I'm saying again, you raise your voice, you're being aggressive, you're being violent. I'm about to act violently towards somebody I love so dearly. I actually chose to spend my life with, chose to spend my time with, chose to spend my days with, chose to share my heart and my love with. Why would you act like this? And after fights, people are feeling so vulnerable and they want to kiss and hug or have makeup sex or whatever because they felt basically guilty that they treated somebody in a shitty way. They're mistreated. They mistreated the person they love. The solution, again, is super simple. You need to think whether you're reacting 
whether you're acting out of authenticity. What are you bringing with you? Am I bringing with me somebody else into this conversation? Am I bringing fear? You have fears. I'm afraid to lose my partner. So I will do something to make him notice me. I'm feeling neglected. I'm feeling that I'm mistreated. But instead of saying those things, we are sometimes choosing manipulations. And of course, we have a lot of problems in relationships because one of the parties are experiencing difficulties and it's being treated or under-treated. And a lot of times we have codependencies, which is a subject that is super, super important to learn about. A lot of couples that I know are basically codependent. And unless you go to therapy or couple therapy, which is not a shame, and I wish it was more affordable and accessible to everyone. In general, I think that psychological treatment should be a part of the human rights suite that I call healthcare. It should be free and it should be accessible to everyone. And today using technology, we can be using chatbots and humans to actually provide it better. But I think that couples should resort into learning. There is a beautiful YouTube channel called The School of Life and the amazing team there and the professor who leads them create these beautiful animation videos about subjects. A lot of them are about relationships and they basically talk about things that will help you realize, am I actually attacking my spouse when I'm fighting with him or my father, my mother, my ex, my teacher, my boss or somebody else? Am I repressing fears or traumas from the past? I'm not a psychologist, but I think that if you are repeatedly experiencing fights like this, biggering like this, you should ask yourself, are you bringing yourself into it? Are you really going to attack violently because raising your voice and fighting in, with using manipulation, for me, in my book, it's violence. Are you going to keep on doing this? Or are you going to devote your time and precious memories that you share with this loved one in building better communication? For me, I'm always looking at this the same way. When you're single and you're sitting with your friend in a bar and you're crying to them, oh, I don't want to be single anymore. I want to meet somebody. And you're so blissed when you meet this beautiful person. But then when fighting starts, you forget all about it. How happy does this person make you feel? How amazing is this time that you share with the person? What is doing for you? What is making you, he or she, making you feel? And for me, I'm always looking at it from this guy who spent a decade, decade in bed. And I think that my method can help you too. Step into my shoes when you start fighting with your loved one. Step into my shoes and think, I'm so lucky I can step out of my bed and have somebody in my life that loves me so much that he wants to live with me, he wants to give me presents, he wants to love me, he wants to be with me. Think about the unfortunate. Think about what can you lose. You don't need to wait until you lose your love or be sick or feel like shit again because you hurt somebody you love. When the fighting begins, I really recommend that you breathe in 
you think about being in somebody else's shoes, you think about how lucky you are, and you think whether I'm bringing myself into the conversation, whether I'm answering out of authenticity or out of automatic response. And the person I'm answering to, am I seeing my father, my mother, my boss, and so on, or my actual loved one? And if you're not feeling capable of responding, it's not avoiding. I think it's super honest and it's super candid to just say to your loved one, I'm sorry, I care about you. I don't want to be in a fight right now. Could we please sit and talk about it tonight at dinner or go out for a walk and do it? And when you do, I really recommend thinking about what's triggering you, reflecting what's triggering you. And when you talk about your triggers, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. You're in the safest environment possible. You're with somebody that you love and loves you. They want the best for you. Uh, in my book, love is seeing the full potential of your paramour. And I think that if we remember this sentence and we look at this person that we love and, and we say, yes, I'm being triggered because of X and Y, and I want you to understand why am I acting like this, and I want you to understand what am I bringing with me, and this is my true authenticity, and I promise to try not to react automatically next time we have some sort of a bigger argument, I think that things will be much, much better. And I think that we should all appreciate what we have right now. The world is going through a crazy time and we are so lucky to be in our relationships. I have a lot of friends who are talking to me about loneliness, let alone my patients' friends who are talking about double loneliness. I think we should really appreciate that the fact that we are not spending, the ones of us in a relationship, not spending this quarantine period by ourselves. I think it's beautiful. It's a beautiful time to create a strong foundation for healthy and beautiful relationship based on pillars of trust, honesty, and communications. And if we are practicing this and learning ourselves and coaching ourselves and our partners and not afraid to show our vulnerabilities, I really believe that Corona can be the next baby boom period because people are not only stuck at home, people can really renew, relieve their love and build beautiful foundation. And I know it sounds like something out of this world to say, but you know what? Maybe try one time to not watch Netflix the night uh, that you, you just want to sit on the couch and do nothing and maybe... Instead of it, play a game with your partner. There are so many beautiful games, like the 32 questions for love. We have these beautiful resources in the School of Life and other resources. The Esther Perel podcast is amazing that she brings therapy sessions, recorded one, a lot about, most of them about relationships. I can recommend a lot more and I can link it in, in my website. There are so many beautiful activities that you can do as a couple to strengthen your relationship and basically train. Like you train for a marathon, you need to train towards a fight, not to wait that it will burst one day and everything will explode. 
Use this corona to build something, not to ruin something. And I wish you from the bottom of my heart that you'll be honest enough with yourself that the next time you have any bigger or argument, you love yourself enough and your partner enough to stop the, the fight, engage with yourself and ask, am I blaming myself here? Am I bringing myself here? Am I being my true self? Or am I acting out of an automatic reaction? I lost so much in my life that for me, fighting with somebody I love sounds silly. I'm not talking about idyllic life. Of course, couples have arguments, but I just know that if you look at life like I do, that I lost so much that I'm not going to waste one second of my life fighting and arguing in an unnecessary fight. And I'm not going to spend my time being in a place that is not good for me because I want to empower myself and I want to empower you guys. So I really recommend you to start digging in before you answer automatically. And I would love to hear your comments. You can email me, engage me in social media. And I wish you great love and happy couplehood. See you next time. Bye.